Over the past year, Mark Zuckerberg has faced his share of bad weeks. This one might rank somewhere near the top. His social network faced its largest service outage ever. It faced more and more questions on its data sharing practices. It lost one of its most senior executives, and it all culminated when the suspect in a terror attack in New Zealand streamed the mass shooting on Facebook. All of it sending Zuckerberg's damage control team into overdrive again. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from San Francisco is Bloomberg Sarah Fryer, who covers everything Facebook and had an excellent cover story on Facebook's problems in this week's Bloomberg Business Week. Thanks for doing this, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So how would you describe the week Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg are having? Oh, my goodness. It's been crazy for them. They had, uh, first of all, the departure of two majorly important executives, including Chris Cox, who is the chief product officer. So the most important product person at Facebook besides Mark Zuckerberg himself. They also had a, a investigation by the Department of Justice escalate to a New York grand jury. So that means there is actually criminal consideration for what happened in their data sharing partnerships and with Cambridge Analytica scandal, you know, from last year. They had a few other scandals here and there, like accidentally taking down ads from Elizabeth Warren that asked to break them up uh, so that looked like a political move even though it wasn't and then to top it all off for one day this week all of their services were down around the world for most of the day which is a huge hit to their advertising revenue and of course to the patience their users have for them uh, this has just been an incredible difficult week for facebook and, and the one you didn't mention is, is the one that happened overnight. And it was the tragic news in New Zealand where a terror attack killed at least 49 people. And the accused shooter appeared to have streamed the murders over the Internet, including Facebook, but not just Facebook. Um, but as awful as that aspect of the tragedy sounds, was there anything Facebook could have done even to stop it? Well, that's another thing I would say about about this company. I wrote this cover story that published yesterday on on how Facebook is constantly responding to these crises as they come up. And mass shootings and live streaming of violence, that's a problem they've had since before we were talking about fake news in the election, since before all that. I mean, this has really been a, a serious issue for Facebook for that many years, and they still haven't figured out how to solve it. Now, they have their procedures, they have their rules, they take down the shooter's profile. They take down any posts that, that uh, are sort of praising his practices. They take down anything that could, you know, get people hurt. Um, they try to reduce the virality of the video or put a warning on it, whatever the case may be. Uh, this is still happening, though, which shows a disconnect between the rules and the reality. And what can be done then by Facebook or, or maybe by lawmakers to really fix this problem of being able to scrub, you know, misinformation or scrub violence from their platform? Well, I think in the case of, of this New Zealand shooting, it's a confluence of factors, right? Because it's not just about the shooting that occurs at the end of it. It's the radicalization that happens on these internet platforms up until now, the conspiracy theories, the, um, the hatred that just really thrives in some of these private groups. And, and you know, Facebook, in my opinion, the, the step that they're taking with their product, 
which will solve this issue from their perspective, which is make it something they don't have to deal with, is turning all of their services or the future of their services into this encrypted model. So it's so private that not even Facebook can see what people are sending each other. And what that will do is make it impossible for them to take down these videos when they come up and make crises like this recent one something that that they don't have to be in the spotlight around as much as if newsfeed is is less of a a player in their product strategy. So I don't think that that solves the issue. In fact, I think it amplifies it. And I'm not really sure what governments could do uh, besides tell Facebook that that they have to take it down or they'll face fines. I mean, Facebook is really good at taking down copyrighted content, um, you know, music that shouldn't play. Sometimes you you upload a video and, and you accidentally use some copyrighted song in the background that you don't have licensing rights for because it's a personal video. Facebook won't let you post it. You know, this is different because it's live. It's it's happening in real time. There there's no algorithm that is building off that information yet. But there must be some way in the future with their technology to be able to address this stuff faster. We just haven't gotten there yet. You brought up the encryption part. And they just announced last week that that's the direction they're going. That's where Mark Zuckerberg wants to take Facebook. And that's got to be a huge problem considering what has just happened last night. I think it's a huge problem. And and I think that when Zuckerberg comes out and says, we are doing this for your privacy and security, you know, he even acknowledges that there may be extreme downsides that not just these live instances of violence, but also terrorist content, child pornography, um, drug sales, all these things will be completely untraceable by Facebook. And so they're going to have to figure out how to deal with it just based on like other signals and signs. Uh, it, it seems quite impossible for them to simultaneously uphold the promises over what they're going to do with user data and the promises about how they're going to clean up their content problem. Yeah, I want to switch gears um, to Chris Cox, who you brought up earlier. Um, he was there for 13 years. He was the chief product officer. He was the man behind the news feed. So how big of a loss is that for Zuckerberg? This is really the end of of the era of the newsfeed. Chris Cox was the closest thing we have to an algorithmic editor-in-chief of their digital lives. I mean, he was really the guy who was trying to create, uh, of course, under Zuckerberg, this personalized network uh, that showed you content you want to see from your friends, that showed you what you want to see from advertisers. And in his departure post, he said that he thinks it is the utmost responsibility of the stewards of social media platforms to see, you know, the, what is shared in humanity and amplify what is good or positive. Now, if you're moving to an encrypted model, that doesn't work. You can't amplify a certain kind of content anymore. You can't even see it. So clearly he had a very different idea about what was important in the product direction of, and it, it just shows that Zuckerberg is extremely serious about his decision to move to this this future of integrated messaging apps and encryption. It's amazing then how the Chris Cox news came out yesterday 
you have to imagine it's connected to the shift to encryption and then last night happens and so again it just it amplifies this problem that persists on this platform it, it does and it's also something there's something to be said about how we really haven't seen this level of executive departure since all these scandals started coming to the fore with Facebook in 2016. Everyone has been very loyal, but this is a market shift. In, in this period of time, we've seen the departure of the founders of Instagram, the founders of WhatsApp, um, the founders of Oculus. I mean, these are all companies that Facebook acquired and the conclusion we can draw here is that this is now absolutely Mark Zuckerberg's company. He is no longer uh, putting people in power who he doesn't personally align with. So you take all of that into consideration. You take in last night. You take into Cox's departure. You take in the investigation into the data sharing practices that's been bumped up to the grand jury. You take the power outage uh, of the from the server that caused not just Facebook, but WhatsApp and even the Oculus device. You take all of that and then you've got Zuckerberg in charge of all of it. So how busy, how um, how hard is his damage control team working right now? It is just this constant repetition of the same phrases over and over. I pointed out in my Business Week cover story that if something happens and they already have a rule against it or have already spoken out against it, they say, there's no place for this on our services. You know, you show them terrorist content and they say, you know, that is not allowed on Facebook, even though you saw it on Facebook, right? And if there isn't yet a rule, uh, they'll say, well, we are taking this seriously. We are, you know, looking into it. We, Zuckerberg has been saying for, it's been about a year now since the Cambridge Analytica scandal. He's been taking, he's been saying we're taking a broader view of our responsibility. These are just super generic lines that they, that they have come to employ to deal with these very real issues that have human impact. And it just comes off as robotic when, when you're a consumer and you're, you have these problems and you want Facebook to, to do something about them yesterday. And still, you're, they say they've cleaned up the problem, but we're still seeing stuff related to these New Zealand murders propagate. And so it just seems like such a reactive posture. Uh, and I, I don't really know how to change that. So you have all of this, which is clearly a PR nightmare for Mark Zuckerberg and for Facebook. But how do we know if it's actually hurting the company? Is the stock down? Are people not uh, joining Facebook as much as they used to be? Are people leaving Facebook more than they used to be? How do we quantify uh, how this is hurting them? It was really interesting. Last year, our real estate reporter, Noah Buhayer, and I went around uh, Facebook and talk to them about their real estate plans and how much they expect to hire in, in the Bay Area. They're planning to exponentially grow their workforce. And that just struck us as odd because they didn't think it would be hard to recruit people. But anecdotally in Silicon Valley, when I'm talking to folks, you know, it's very hard for them to tell their families that they work for Facebook and have everyone be really excited about it. It used to be one of the, the hottest places to work. And so I think that that is the biggest threat to the company. You know, if they're not people who are really excited to show up for work, 
um, especially if the stock price goes down, that'll be the biggest problem. But so far, we haven't seen any major hit on on revenue or there's been a little bit of a trouble with in, user engagement on Facebook. Um, but they're, they're clearly in a time of internal turbulence. And I think, you know, it, it just going, we're just going to have to see what happens with all of these probes in the UK, the Irish Data Protection Commissioner, the FPC, the DOJ, all of these different entities that are trying to figure out how Facebook needs to answer for the various problems they have contributed to. And I think it's going to be a very difficult year for them. Sarah, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Make sure to follow Sarah and her reporting on Twitter. She's at Sarah Fryer. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.